Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo!
Chit Chat for the week of October 27th, 2016. I am your host, Jose Otero, and we've got quite a show for you this week. Joining me once again is Pear Schneider. Hi, Jose. Brian Altano. Hi, Pear. <laughs> and special guest, John Davison. Hello. Of Glixel. So, John, tell me what is... T- tell folks who don't know you what's your career. Oh, boy. You oh. have a lot to talk about And that's here. all the time we have right now. <laughs> we have that long? We have, uh, some, we have some time. You've, you've been doing this for a bit. It all begins in 1992. <laughs> um, no, I've been doing this a very long time. Um, uh, back in the UK, I started when I was a teenager... Ran a bunch of magazines in the UK, mm-hmm. um, including PC Zone, which was the which was Felix Dennis, who ran Maxim, okay. his, his, his games yeah. magazine. Yep. Um, I worked with Charlie Brooker on PC Zone. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, um, that was a long time ago when yep. he was just a games journalist. Um, in '98, I moved to the states and I ran EGM, yep. and then official PlayStation magazine, and then all of the Ziff Davis. Um, games. Well, welcome stuff. home, baby. Welcome home. <laughs> welcome back. There it is. That was also quite a run. I mean, one up. Uh, excuse me. EGM specifically went through quite a renaissance. Oh I yeah, in, in like ninety nine, two thousand, we were doing like four hundred page issues. And Jesus, so, like, I remember those wow. big yeah. fat ones. Yeah. Big awesome. Star Wars one. Yeah, yeah, big time features too. Oh. Like stuff that like was really maturing. I feel some of the yeah. games press for the most. Part. Remember the Donkey Kong sixty four cover yeah. we did with the with the gorilla hand with the banana. Yep. We had <laughs> We had to go to a costume store, but the gorilla hand didn't look gorillary enough, so we had to paint it. Oh. <laughs> at, at your yeah. at your house, you have uh, on the wall. You actually have the Star Wars cover that I really, really like. Oh, the Rogue yeah. Squadron yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, that one was really oh. awesome. Where it was the top down of the X wing with the Rebel symbol yeah. behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was great. So I still remember the the Pokemon issue. You had a uh, one that was like, "What's the deal with Pokemon?" And it oh, was the, this big... the silver and gold one. Yes, we did? Yeah. yeah, that was a big time. There were several Pokemon covers, but there was one that was just kind of the primer for everything you needed to know about the series, the toys, the big feature, and it was off the hook, like how prepared it was. Yeah, thank you for making my mailbox fun once a month. Usually it was like, (laughs) it was that and report cards were the only things that actually came to me was video game magazines and bad grades, so. Thank you. (laughs) So after 1UP, you worked on a site called uh, What They Play? Yep, so after 10 years and doing all the 1UP stuff, and we had 1UP Yours and the 1UP Show and all that stuff, obviously, I had kids. And kept going to, uh, you'll know this as the as the dad that knows video games. When you when you go into preschool and kindergarten, all the parents are like, "You know about video games? Yeah, tell me mm-hmm. about this. You're the my, can my can my kid do this?" <laughs> and it was like, "Oh, there may be a business here." So we we started uh, what they play, which we ran for two years, and then you guys bought. And yeah, sh- and then yeah. Pear shut it down. Yeah, <laughs> thanks a lot, Pear. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I got the um, I got that same question always at schools, right? It's like, uh, what is hot coffee, right? Like you, yes. you're like, uh, do I need to worry about hot coffee? And I, I actually did a, a thing at my uh, at, at the mi- at middle school in uh, we we live in this the the same uh, area of of the San Francisco Bay Area, and I did um, a, a session at a middle school where we talked two parents about video games and what's appropriate and what your kids tell you and what the reality mm-hmm. is. And, like, the turnout was great. There were so many people there. And, like, some brought their sons and they just looked at me like they're – like I was ruining uh, everything. Spill the secret. And, look, I, I told him, I'm like, look, my – you know, I – 
the way I think about my kids, like each one of them is very, very different. And what they can handle, what they can play is very, very different. But you have to take an interest. And right. like, that's what what they play was yeah. about. It wasn't about saying, don't play this game. It was like telling you what's in it. And so at the time, yeah, you had common sense media were doing the, you know, here's all the bad, bad things yeah. that mm-hmm. your kids are being exposed to. And we, we were kind of coming at it from, so if your 10-year-old says he wants to play Call of Duty, what do you need to know about it? Yeah. What's he going to be exposed to? Mm-hmm. Um and it was, it was, we were doing it in 2007. So it was mm. height of we crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. We, we were on the Today Show. We were on the Good Morning America because like video games were so part of the consciousness back then. Mm-hmm. And iPhone stuff was just starting to take off. Mm-hmm. I was on the Today Show for like eight minutes or something. Meredith, <laughs> Meredith hugged me at the That's end of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but John, turned out not that many parents would actually seek out that information That's on the their problem. own free will. They only, they only look for it when the kids are asking about it. And yeah. right. Or on the Today the Show. Like, yeah. When it is in mainstream media that they're consuming because of other reasons, they're like, oh, I'm glad I knew that. Yeah. But they will not take the step to research. No. So I'm guessing you had a lot of parents buying their kids a Wii and then just assuming that every game on the Wii was like, oh, my kid will love this. Yeah. But Dead then there was, like, there was like House of the Dead and yeah. Yeah. yeah, Dead Space and uh, then Killer Seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no exactly. more heroes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So then, after what they play? So after that, what they play? I what did I do then? I ran Game Pro for a little bit. Okay. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, we rebooted Game Pro. Um, the mission that so we we we'd sold what they play, and I wasn't sure what to do next. And IDG were like, "Hey, Game Pro is sort of coming to its end. We'd kind of like it to go out with some dignity. Can you come and do that?" <laughs> I'm like. All right. So you're like the cleaner. Like <laughs> was, they call you. This in. is me being the wolf, right? Yeah. I was like, yeah, exactly. And they were sort of like, we don't really know what Game Pro <laughs> is, but when it when it finally dies, we'd kind of like it to have meant something at the end mm-hmm. of its life so well that was that kind of weird era where magazines came back for like a minute yeah. right like best buy oh, launched man. a video game magazine stores had started yeah. started making video game magazines mm-hmm. again and it was really nice because i think it was just towards the, the end of nintendo power mm-hmm. which i got like oddly nostalgic for even though i hadn't subscribed in years and it was just like are, they're coming back there's gonna be a renaissance here they are and then they went away no they're not yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. but then you did uh then i ran GameSpot. and then you did GameSpot, right yeah, yeah. And now, um, what, Meta- what's, what's Metacritic was way harder than GameSpot. Oh, really? really? I would get weird calls from people on. Weird, I would get. I remember the one year when I was there, I was getting calls from people complaining about their Metacritic scores on Christmas Day. Are you kidding? Are you serious? Oh, oh my god! It, Why aren't these reviews in our Meta thing? I'm like, I don't know. It's Christmas Day. Just <laughs> chill. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, don't worry. Don't spend spend time with the kids. How often did you have to explain to people that Metacritic is not one man? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was... I feel like I tell tell our audience that once a week. Yeah. Or that and Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, you know, that's not just one guy, right? It's an aggregate. Well, oh, because like, you get the Rotten Rotten Tomatoes like this way better. It's like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and there was, you know, every company was trying to reverse engineer its formula and like, well, we've cracked it, so we yeah. know that yeah. we're going to only give the reviews to these people. And I'm like, do whatever you want. Didn't like, work. There's no agenda there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, and now you're at Glixel. Yes. So Glixel is working. With, so the the funny thing with Glixel was when I went to um, EGM back in the late 90s, the kind of shorthand for what we would say we were trying to do is like, imagine if you were making Rolling Stone for video games. Hmm. Yeah. And that was sort of like what we were pushing all the writers to, to aspire to. Yeah. And... When I started talking to the, the Rolling Stone guys, I'd been chatting with them, and I brought this up. 
like, hey, this is what I used to tell the writers. And, 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 and Gus Wenner, who's uh, Jan Wenner's son, who runs the digital division, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I knew that. I'm like, how could you have possibly known that? <laughs> like, and it turns out that uh, David Kushner, who's a writer, he writes for the New York Times, he used to write for me on EGM. And when Gus had mentioned me at the Rolling Stone Christmas party or something, yeah. he said, oh, yeah, I remember John used to say he wanted to make the Rolling Stone video games. Like, so that was sort of how it all... Genesis. kind of came together nice, at nice. tail end of last year. Um, but but you're, you're still kind of John Lackland right now. You don't actually have a website. Not yet. Right. Very yeah. soon. In the, yeah. next, in the next few weeks, the site will go live. So right now, our content's living on Rolling Stone okay. as we're kind of their video game content. And, I mean, and the direction is come at video games the way Rolling Stone comes at pop culture. Mm. So it's not reviews and previews. It's more features and interviews and yeah, sort cool. of trying to dig into the story behind something and... Or the culture surrounding yeah, it. Yeah, right? the culture yeah. around it and the yeah. people <clears throat> and sort of put, you know, reporters that are really going to dig into stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's hard because um, yeah, yeah. uh, the video game industry is not used to people asking questions <laughs> that aren't on the PR checklist, you yeah, know, yeah. and it's, it can be, you know, we want to talk to this guy about, you know, what motivates him or, you know, what he, you know, how he feels about things when he's having an off day. Right. Or, you know, yeah. and, you, know you have some great, we had a, a great interview with Ken Levine, which, you know, was almost like a therapy session. Just recently. Yeah. I read I that. Read it was that. fantastic. Yeah. And he was really opening up about, you know, how if you're an artistic soul, then you're just by definition, self-doubt is part yeah. of, of what you experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I and love, he talked about that. And his quote about, uh, which I think <clears throat> is true for a lot of game developers, of sort of like the best part about game development is making the game. And yeah. the, le- the worst part is shipping it. Like, yeah. if he could just make stuff and finish it and then never show anyone and keep going, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have a business there. But that's yeah. the, if you're going to drill down to the sort of the cathartic core of why we create, yeah. uh, that was such a great quote. And then, Yeah, there's insecurity. And, you know, I think we're finally getting to a point where, those those big names are getting more comfortable having those conversations yeah. as long as they're not feeling like someone's out to get them. You know? yeah. it's, no, we we saw it. that certainly, you know, we cover Hollywood, obviously, and we saw that, you know, you can get Spielberg to talk to you about a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but it's still very controlled in that you go to an event and, you know, the, the director is supposed to only talk about the project they're there to promote. And, like, only over time can you actually unlock some of that value, yeah. you know, um, where you can get an actor to talk about the past and like yeah. there's stories that are not told like how does David Fincher really feel about Alien 3 right, right. like yeah. where you just can't get them to talk about it and I think there's stories like that in video games where hopefully oh, yeah. things will open up you, a little more you really gotta shake it loose and I love mm-hmm. like I love what Chris Hardwick does with the Nerdist where he sits people mm-hmm. down for an hour yeah. and yeah. then slowly ekes it out of them yeah. and I love yeah. Fresh Air and mm-hmm. I mean Fresh Air's Charlie Brooker interview last mm-hmm. week was awesome mm-hmm. and it's it's you got to get people into that place where, but you got to spend a lot of time with them, and it's like it can't be like, oh, you've got ten minutes with so and so, and it'll be like, and he's ready for the five questions about the game, but it's yeah. like, right, no, I, I need fifteen minutes to get him comfortable, and then, and then we need an hour to actually get there, and yeah. that can be tough, but yeah. we, I mean, we, we're getting there, um, and I think. With, with Rolling Stone's backing as well, it's like we have that in our back pocket as well. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, we're going to promote this on Rolling Stone mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it can go to a different audience and it can expose particularly the creative process around yep. video games yep. as something, you know, really huge. When we ran that Ken Levine thing, it was, uh, it was in the top 10 stories on Rolling Stone that week. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. That's so, awesome. So yeah. it was up there with, you know, 
stuff about Trump and yeah. stuff about mm-hmm. you know Neil Young and like and right in the middle was our Ken Levine story mm-hmm. and that Great. was like a nice sort of like okay people sure. people care. There's <laughs> definitely an audience that loves that content. Yeah. It's just I think for uh, for like the big established video game sites, it's very difficult to kind of sit down and resource that type of oh, content, yeah. right? Because there's this kind of insatiable hunger of tell me if this game is good. And okay, now I buy it, bought it. Tell me how to get unstuck and slay the purple dragon, mm-hmm. right? Like yep. there, there's this tremendous hunger for very broad and frequent content. So it's difficult to do that where you kind of pause and spend a lot of time. We, we uh, Ryan McCaffrey launched this this longer interview show that we right now do once a month, which you know I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Doesn't perform anywhere near as well as you know a lot of other content, but right. you know we we believe in yeah. that. And we're going to keep or going, and it's like those guys make even. Yeah. 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 But I think you're so well prepped for. Kind kind of the creation of that content within that it like matches Rolling Stone it like I you know I'm really excited about it and like the stuff I've seen in the newsletter um, so far has been just great EGM used to do those features uh, where they would look back on a game that would was released recently right and they would talk with developers about like what they wanted to do I always really appreciated those because you have um, you don't get a lot of candidness out of out of people working on games, especially leading up to it, uh, mm-hmm. and definitely not the month it's released. It's usually like let the game speak for itself, or yeah. you get a couple quotes about what they wanted to do. Yep. But to be able to look back and be like, oh, we had all these ideas. We had, we had flying gold unicorns at one point, and you could shoot them down with a laser, but the lasers were too hard to make, and the unicorns we didn't have the and rights to them. And that's honestly the sweet spot. If you get, I mean, when when we started Lixel just as a newsletter, uh, the first interview we did was with uh, Neil Druckmann. Yeah. And it was like 10 days after Uncharted 4 had come out. And he was like clearly just off the leash, right? Yeah. Like, I've been living this funk thing for <laughs> like years. Yep. I'm just going to unburden myself on all this stuff that pissed me off. The- and I think that that seems to be the point where I think the audience is like ready for it because they've played the game and they're like, I'm so hungry for more about this. Tell me, you know how this worked. Yeah. And I think our audience specifically for this show, uh, you don't get a lot of it from Nintendo. They are very like sort of like historically tight lid. Um, Mm -hmm. but every now and then you get a quote from Miyamoto where he's like, Mario three was a stage play and all the characters are actors. And that's why Bowser and Mario are friends. And they're like, wait, what? And they're like, here, here's Mario's age. Like, uh, uh, it was like three months ago. Having ideas in the bath recently, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Well, that, that's what part of this is shaping up to too, though. Is that the publishers will then use their creatives to put that information out rather than go through like a, right. other yeah. folks. And and you're absolutely right, though. The challenge is too that no one ever wants to put someone out there in front of you unless they have a game that they're promoting. Because right. at that point, you know, those appointments get made and get done. Yeah. Uh, but I really look forward to seeing more uh, from Glixon. Yeah. I have oh, to say, I'm very you. impressed uh, with with what you guys are doing. Um, so. There's a lot to talk about. We've kept you waiting long enough. You want to know what's going on with the uh, Nintendo Switch. Uh, Brian and I were out. John, you're here for the first time with yep. us as well. Pear was here last week, so he's not going to say much during this portion. Just but quiet. Yeah. All on your own. This is a three-minute video uh, where you know you saw the concept, you saw multiple use cases and scenarios, and you saw a handful, barely a handful, of games, uh, which I didn't expect. I thought they Or game concepts, name. right? Yeah. Or yeah. Game not concepts. a single title given and no confirmation afterwards from the publishers no. when we asked yes. them. And if you try, you like, get... Did, did, I mean, I'm sure... <laughs> We all, had, we all had the Bethesda conversation, right? Immediately. Mm-hmm. So it's Skyrim, right? 
Yeah. We, we are very happy to be partnering with Nintendo <laughs> we, on Skyrim. On this video. On this video that is our partnership with yes. Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 2K2, 2, we're like, which version, version of NBA 2K is this? We cannot confirm that that is... Yeah. We're like, well, it's not NBA Live. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you, right? Yeah. 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 Well, even the, at the end of the, the video, it has that screen where they put up like, okay, copyright Bethesda, Skyrim, yeah. whatever. For NBA, it just said NBA properties. That's it. No yep. 2K, no nothing. Right. Right. Like, uh, right. I don't know what this is. Yeah. Um, but but those are both those games. Yeah. Yeah, but you saw it. Everything folks have been talking about for the last year, year and a half, ended up being true, right? Yeah. Portable, home, hybrid. Yep. What'd you guys think? I, I would say immediately, uh, for everything we did learn, it was kind of cool that they kept the branding and the title uh, such a secret. Right? And the actual, the design of the shell and everything like that. Um, there was, it was actually, for something that we'd had so, heard so many rumors about, from so many uh, close sources, there was actually a ton of surprises in that short video, which I was I was kind of delighted by. Mm. Uh, all in all, I'm incredibly positive on the unit. I feel like it uh, sort of creates as many questions as it does answers. Mm. Um, I think for every scenario where they go, well, now you can bring your game anywhere. You go, okay, cool. Well, let's go down that rabbit hole. And all of a sudden, you start opening up all these different things. What game? Which version? Uh, how long is the battery life? Uh, is Are we going strategically back to physical media forever? Because uh, my 3DS right now is a 32-gig 3DS SD card. It's got maybe 150 games on it. Yeah. You know, It's got every Zelda game that was ever put on a home console outside of Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, and Wind Waker. Well, it, uh, c- it could fit half of Skyrim. Congrats. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, there, there's some big questions, right? Yeah. When you're showing a game like Skyrim, my first question is like, that runs off a hard drive. Yeah. Like a big hard drive usually, right? Like right. how would you pull that off on the go? Yeah. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of issues there in terms of like uh, you, you, you bring that thing on a plane. How or Can you plug it in anywhere? How many games can you carry at a time? Am I, bring, am I bringing little cards with me everywhere? Like the Vita where you've got this you know, the, right, little you've, satchel full of tiny cards that you drop all over the floor. Which is terrifying, right? Yeah, these $60 coins basically that yeah. I'm losing all over the place. Sure. Um that said, yeah, playing Breath of the Wild at, at you know on an airplane on a, on a flight to New York is a great idea. Like it's really cool. Um, Pricing is obviously going to be a big issue. Uh, games like always ha- have been a big issues with with Nintendo. Uh, it, it was good to see a bunch of third parties on board, but I don't really know how that's going to pan out. There were a bunch of third parties on board for the Wii U as well. Um, if this thing's underpowered uh, compared to the other consoles at the time, which by this time next year will be the PS4 Pro and the Xbox Scorpio, uh, you're going to get a lot of downgraded ports. And uh, it's just, I think it creates a lot of issues. My my whole sort of general consensus is um, it looks really awesome. I'm really excited for it. It's great to see third parties on board. I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yep. How about you? I, I mean, when they showed NBA and Skyrim, I first went to battery life and <laughs> and heat. I don't know if you've ever played. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what they're called. Raven something. There's a Skyrim e ish thing on iOS, right? Mm-hmm. That's a 3D RPG. Um, whatever phone you've got, it, it's almost untouchable because it gets so hot. I did play that game. And the battery yeah. and your battery lasts about half an hour, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think so. That's going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, I think they've since confirmed that it does have a touch screen, but what was really noticeable in that video is that no one touched the screen ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and it was it was all about clicking the controllers on and off or taking them off or taking, to play them, taking them off with these tiny tiny little fiddly things that look really kind of difficult mm-hmm. when Nintendo Karen went to the party and was like you know <laughs> Nintendo Karen is yeah. That yeah. That's oh yeah, yeah. yeah somebody photoshopped an amiibo of her oh that's what I saw on <laughs> someone's desk she's I, was, a hit. I was yeah. a little worried for she's that guy she's the, the anti-social one who's playing Mario yeah. while our friends are having yeah. a cool uh-huh. like you know <laughs> all, all the over 18 party. people that exclusively play Nintendo Switch I did think that was an interesting branding perspective of uh, if maybe this is the first time ever there, where they're being like, this is not a kid-safe system. I mean, it is. Like, you can play it, but... Uh this is not as durable as just taking a 2DS and chucking it in the backseat of a car. Which, oh, which is interesting, though, because everyone picked on uh, up on that this time around. But I swear that, and I went back and checked, if you watch the Wii U reveal video, there's not a single kid in that one either. Really? Yeah. Like I, there's like a family sitting on watching a video of a parrot on a television. That's weird in and of itself. Yeah. But <laughs> that's I, what I did with yeah, the Wii U. Me too. Um, but yeah, no, it it. it like, I get why those people were in that video. I feel like they're marketing to the kind of audience, even though they wouldn't admit it, they're marketing to the kind of audience that Sony chases, that Microsoft chases, right. that Apple chases, yeah. for the most part. And ultimately, like, you could put a kid in there, I agree, but kids, I, I don't know if it has an effect. Like, I think kids are after the things that adult thinks, an adult thinks yeah. is cool, and mm-hmm. not the other way around. Right. Well, and um, also the kids don't have the $349 that this thing is going to cost you realistically with yeah, a game, right? Like, bucks yeah. for a 3DS. That didn't stop them from being in, like, every commercial. For, yeah, you know? no, that's true. Uh, well, they want the kid to go, Dad, Dad, buy it for me, right? Of course. But, um, yeah. no, I, I thought it looked uh, it looked very Apple again, like the kind of mm. commercial and, uh, you know, how sure. it was presented. Um, but did you, like, when you saw it, were you... Did you go? Oh, of course, that's what it is. Or do you? Were yeah. you surprised? Or did I thought it. I was expecting it to be big. So I actually thought when when there were lots of rumblings. I don't even remember when before the Xbox One was announced, mm-hmm. we'd seen the Surface. Do you remember there were the rumors that it was going to be an Xbox branded yes. Surface? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I there was a point where I thought that that Microsoft may have gone this route with Xbox One, mm-hmm. where it would have been a game focused Surface tablet that's in a dock. Um, so I think it's interesting they did that. It's way smaller than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they're when they're all sitting around pretending to play, you know, professional Splatoon, uh-huh. drawing random arrows and dicks on a thing on the. <laughs> on the, on the um, it, that, that to me was the sort of most disingenuous part of the yeah. video. Where it's like, hey, someone in a marketing, hey, kids. someone in a marketing meeting said esports enough times that the, yes. that the director just went, oh okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Do they like the John Madden playbook yeah. and everything? Yeah, but it's like it, it to me it feels it. My concern for it is it's quite small, and everyone that is the age of the people in that video spends their entire life staring at a screen roughly that size all day already. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is not a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. totally. And I think it not being bigger is possibly going to hold it back. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I think that people are already playing games on the go, and they're doing it on their phones. I mean, I just got an iPhone 7 Plus, which is just one of the most gorgeous toys yeah. I've ever had and it's got 128 gigs on board and I packed it with as many games as I could and none of them have button controls but I'm on an airplane and I'm kind of over it you know yeah. I can just yeah. play I this for the first time ever I bought my 3DS and Vita I hate even admitting this I brought both of those systems fully charged packed with games on a, a cross-country flight to New York which I do about a dozen times a year because my family's on the east coast and I played my iPhone the entire time. I just played games really? on there. Yeah. And Were you plugged in? Because like, I, whenever I'm on a flight to New York, I play 3DS and watch stuff. Yeah. 
and don't want to use my phone because I need that juice when I arrive. And yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. I mean, like the, I'm so always kind of careful to not wear phones. down my battery. Yeah. Well, I have an external battery if I need it, but also yeah. the Seven Plus's battery lasts for like a day and a half through yeah. normal no. use. Like, and not with like, 3D games though. Well, I mean, so but hearing rumors that that the, this thing might have a three-hour battery life yeah. it is kind of troublesome to me, unless there's a there's a way to expand that or well, you can plug it in in an airplane, right? Like presumably there is a way to charge it that's not in the dock. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't seen that, but come on. Of course they have to do it. Otherwise, you know, like it loses that kind of portability factor where you can take it upstairs to somebody else's room and plug it well, in. Well, sure. And I think Nintendo will design games around that, yeah. right? Yeah, um, no, they're conscious but, and pretty experience-driven, right? Like they don't want you to play something and it be a, a poor or a weird experience unless it's a, a title. Like Hyrule Warriors is one example I can think of in the last three years where it was this 3DS game that works on new 3DS but also works on old 3DS. Yep. But it works better on new 3DS because on old 3DS it runs like garbage. Yeah. Like that was the problem that they had. But I feel like in a majority of the first party stuff, they're very conscious about like how you're going to how you're going to play that game and what conditions you're in. Well, it's and also like console gaming is very different now than than the version that Nintendo has been kind of nose to the grindstone on for the last 15 years. Like yeah. console gaming is an always connected uh, state of state of play right now. Mm-hmm. Like Fallout 4 had a to what 25 gigabyte patch 2 days ago. Uh Star Wars Battlefront is one of my favorite Star Wars games ever. It's something that needs to connect to the internet pretty consistently to work. There's an offline mode, but I mean, like network functionality, network play, all of that is very important for for modern gaming. So you can't just drag and drop a console game onto the Switch and then tell somebody to get in a car and play it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work that same way. Or the other way. I mean, like, first question we had in the office is, can I play Pokemon Go on it? And the answer is probably not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you yeah. need to be connected yeah. all the time, yeah. and that—that exactly. that is, I don't see that happening. I, yeah. I like, I'd be surprised if they forged an alliance with, uh, you know, telecom or someone. Unless out they there, do something like T-Mobile. Amazon. Remember the early Kindles had that, um, you know, you got that sort of lifetime three yep. G connection or whatever. Yeah. For, yeah. Baked yeah. into the price, but I don't see them they, doing that. I but they download either. a couple of K of data, right? right? Like yeah. this is like, let's take Splatoon as a use case, right? You drag and drop Splatoon onto this thing. Can it fit on a third? 32 gig cart. Yep. Yeah, yep. it can fit. Can you go take it out and play multiplayer? Yeah, you could do direct connect, like just like the 3DS sure. did. Will it last more than two hours? Hell no. no. There's no way you will be able to run a 3D intensive game like Splatoon and play Wi-Fi connection or whatever or online with somebody else for longer than like two or two and a half hours. And, like, I, and I, I think yeah. that's... I, I think that's that could be an issue, but let's also not forget that you're not only playing those games. There will be 2D experiences in other games where suddenly the batter, battery life will be six hours. Yeah. And that's exactly what we see on these little suckers. You play a 3D game on your iPhone, the battery life will be two hours. Yeah. Yep. Mm. But that's not what you're playing most of the time. Right, yeah. right. But I think you get in this, and I think we're, we're kind of drilling down on it now, but you get in this weird scenario where you're like, okay, it plays mobile games, right? But like you said... It doesn't because mm-hmm. you need to be connected to a, a, an internet hotspot, which means they'll go out and be like, you can go to Best Buy or Walmart or McDonald's and you can stand in the parking lot and play Splatoon. Uh, so it's not going to play mobile games exceptionally well unless you're home and you're connected to some sort of like – or at your office, stable, mm-hmm. stable Wi-Fi. Uh, console gaming is going to be kind of an issue because of day one patches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Third parties still to this day will be a problem. And I can tell you that because 57 minutes after this trailer finished airing, Rockstar our games showed a trailer for what will become the best-selling game of this generation, uh, which is Red Dead Redemption Two. You really like Red Dead, yeah, yeah. What? No, I just, I, yeah, I just I can't wait. But I don't, I don't know if that's coming to the Switch, and if it's not, then 
why get a Switch over a PS4? You know, well, so, I mean, let's let's look at some of the other footage in that trailer, right? We talked about Skyrim and NBA 2K. Yeah, the one I'm most excited about. Mm. Zelda aside, which we've seen was that short glimpse at Mario. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. What we saw in that trailer was not a Mario 3D world. I know you're a huge fan. I like that no, game but too, like but that, that is like not my favorite too. series. Sure, sure. And it no, was not fine. new new Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. yeah. It was like Mario 64 or yeah. Sunshine or Galaxy, like sure. a game with a, you want. a big yeah. world, like seemingly. And that is why I buy that Switch. Yeah. Right, but then wanna... you're, the, you're back where you and I and, and, and many of us listening to the show have been for over a decade now where we are diehard Nintendo fans and we will buy all the first-party games and some of the third-party games, but we are not enough to carry a console anymore. But there like, may be more of those games, right? Because yeah. no longer do you have Nintendo supporting, well, eventually supporting two platforms at once, yeah, right? Yeah. We, got, we got Mario World on, on two platforms, which meant... Uh, you know, depending on on the, the the person, you might only have seen one of those two games. Now you get a device where you'll see both projects. And I, I think right? it honestly depends on if they've managed to make the product attractive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the video, for the most part, kind of sold you on the stream of, oh, that's kind of cool. You mean I'm going to be able to take mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild with me and play yep. it somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Um, part of me is concerned a little bit with that only because I think that some console games, like especially that game, I would say that. If I'm in a if like I'm riding Bart and I'm playing that game, I'm gonna miss my stop like every day of the week <laughs> because you get so absorbed in the yep. experience, right? Like mobile games can sometimes do that to you, but I don't think they do that as well. Um, but they're, 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 they're designed design yeah. for yeah. Exactly. minutes at a time. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, exactly. and you know, and, and all these like arcadey noises and bells and whistles. Like I don't, I don't get as absorbed by that as I do by like, oh man, what's over that next horizon? And then like finding out, oh shit, I missed my stop. <laughs> but but what I do want to say is that I wonder too if there is a category of people who look at something like that. Maybe folks who. You know, they look at like, let's just use Red Dead or Breath of the Wild or like open world games as an example, right? These are games that are super intimidating. Why? Because you need a lot of time to play them. Yeah. What if you can take them with you? Yeah, it's true. Does that alter your perception of Mm -hmm. like, hmm, maybe I will try this one because I actually can squeeze in more time on the way. I don't know if that's going to work. I do worry, though, that here we are. I thought that the the video itself did a decent job of expo- it did a super smart job of explaining the concept in a single sentence. Yeah, right, and just putting. Did it you right say out wow? There of let's not go there. Um, <laughs> of what it is and all these use case scenarios. I wasn't on board either with the little like Joy Con controller like from the side. It just doesn't look ideal. Like I'd rather just keep this to myself than share it. I think that's sort of like the kind of thing. It's like I don't know. Like you're. You're on a trip or something. Yeah. You and you and your brother are in the yeah. backseat of a car, and you have like you have a, a system there that has two controllers all yeah. of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think like I think that was the one part of the commercial that was like specifically aimed at kids, even though you even saw though they adult. didn't put kids in it. it yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I hear you because I think, I think right. that's the kind of thing that like on a road trip to Disney World as a kid, me and my brothers would have gone crazy for yeah. something like that. Well, you and know? the games they picked to show outside of I feel like Skyrim. Obviously, Skyrim was there just because, hey, we got the Bethesda this time, yeah. guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a statement. Yeah. It's a but statement also, it's a statement guys. that this is not a machine predominantly for box, box, box boy. This is uh, <laughs> you know, a machine for these big kind of console-like yeah. experiences, yeah. right? Big, big style They games. sold that idea. Um, but then the other games they chose. You know, Breath of the Wild, your E3 game of show winner that everyone's drooling over. Yep. Uh, you had Mario Kart, which is arguably your biggest franchise. Like, bigger, the biggest thing you're selling. If you put that thing on phones, by the way, the world would, like, self-destruct. Because oh, yeah. everyone yeah. would want to play Mario Kart. 
Right. Uh, then you had Mario, which is your biggest superstar in terms mm-hmm. of your label. And then you had Splatoon, which is your biggest new franchise that mm-hmm. is absolutely in that video because you want Japan to be happy. And Japan was really yeah. happy with Splatoon last time. And it was great seeing all that stuff. But then digging into it, you kind of realize a lot of those games outside of Breath of the Wild, which we know what it is already, were uh, existing games that sort of had new hats. Yep. You know, like Splatoon, yeah. I think, quite literally just had new hair in it. Well, at least until they explained <laughs> yeah. what it is really. No, yeah, it had right. a new level, too, but they didn't show it yet, right? Yeah. right. No, they, they just gave you a little glimpse. And but by they, the way, so we don't know whether this game comes in a year well, or... Well, what does it mean, no. then? Like, am I, if I bought Splatoon already, like, am I buying it well, again? Well, that's what they got to do, right? Yeah. They have to yeah, show yeah. you we why don't know. there's What crossed my mind from seeing all that stuff is what if this is the first Nintendo system where Virtual Console is part of the strategy on day one mm-hmm. instead of a year down the line where yeah. they go hey you know what we could put some old stuff to this platform mm-hmm. what if the Nintendo Switch is the first thing from Nintendo where their strategy is this is the one you can play everything we've ever released on yes yeah. that yes. I can get behind yeah. which that, I love if that, if that is like I can go and play all the old NES and Game Boy games. I mean, the only place where it comes unstuck is anything that, that requires two screens. Right? Mm-hmm. But who's to say you can't turn it sideways and and it simulates? And there's DS, other things you, know, you right? can slide yeah. into. Like, yeah. Who I mean, absolutely. In terms of like DS and 3DS emulation, <laughs> point, that's, that's yeah. actually probably the best they've ever been able to, to do anything like that. Because yeah. yeah, turning it sideways and popping off the Joy-Con L and R or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Still not used to that. Yeah, I'm not a huge uh, fan of the controller name. I can't wait to hear a little more. But, I mean, I've, I've vented on this show for years about how many times I've repurchased virtual console games. But if they told me on day one that, like, a lot of my Wii U purchases would carry over, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's – like, I love the idea of day one having this tremendous library of games I have yeah. access to. Oh, oh you will. You'll just buy oh, yeah. them again, Brian. Yeah, for a dollar. In all fairness, like, they were talking some big talk when they started rolling out in Nintendo ID, like, just to bring this up because I've been reading a lot of really old investor reports researching something for a story. But uh, they were talking about how we're going to be an account-based uh, video game provider yeah, now yeah. and not a device-based one. Like, we want you to have an account and things are going to attach to it along the way. And they didn't do a good job last time with that. Like, you were rebuying Super Nintendo games on your new 3DS, mm-hmm. even though you had a Nintendo ID that linked to your Wii U, where you probably own those games. I mean, they're doing it on the on the eve of the Switch. They're, they're porting their Wii U console games to Nintendo 3DS, like Mario Maker and Yoshi. She's Woolly World are coming to 3DS what, this year, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of nuts. Like, they're basically saying, like, next year you'll be able to bring console games everywhere. And also this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, for sure. For but sure, you'll be rebuying those games. I, I bought Mario Maker, but I will buy it again on 3DS, well, the, right? The last thing I want to put out there about the video, though, is I, I do think they did the right thing in terms of just establishing what the concept is and, yeah. and getting people excited about it. I mean, as of right before we started recording, <laughs> Like 18.5 million people saw that yep. thing just on Nintendo America's YouTube channel. We're uh, not just, even talking about Europe, yep. Japan, all the places that are syndicating it or running Anecdotally, it. I saw all these kind of old school Nintendo fans come out of the woodwork and be like, this is the first Nintendo console that truly has me yeah. excited since like the N64 and stuff like that. But so. here's my thing. When Apple or, or Sony or Microsoft runs a hype video before they show you a device, it's followed immediately by someone coming out to set expectations yes. and say, hey, guys. Now let me tell you more about what what just happened. In fact, even today, Apple just gave like showed off their new laptop, their new MacBook Pro. Yep. And Phil Schiller's right on stage explaining what it is and why and whatever. It doesn't have to be the same style of presentation, but the point is that someone is there to reel everyone back into reality of mm-hmm. what it is. And I worry that 
they've announced a date for when they're going to start talking about this again, and we're going to talk about it later. It's January 12th. But you're giving people enough time for their expectations to go crazy. Oh, yeah. well, they already are. I yeah. mean, like, <laughs> yeah. And now, <laughs> a month and a half later, you're going to try to reset them. I worry that that can backfire on you. But, but I don't... the message... Like, the message better be good at that. Okay, point. but let's let's talk about the fallout. Now, first of all, like, I, I watched the trailer. I was very excited about it. Like, I'm like, yeah, I want this thing. This is cool. Same. I'm glad that it is not just an Xbox or a PS4 or a GameCube, right? Like, this is the differentiating factor here. And by the way, I'm notorious for playing a game on console, and then when I can play it on 3DS later, I'm like, I remember every minute of this game, but I'm going to play it again because when I'm in travel mode, I'm a different person, right? Like, I will replay (laughs) Link to the Past just because I can do it on my 3DS. Um, And I think some of that will happen here where you're like, Mario Kart feels a little different now. This is radical. Like you're sitting in an airplane, right? No, the rules change when you're up in the sky. (laughs) Exactly. No, but You watch movies you'd never watch. You make food decisions. (laughs) So I I think the expectations they set, though, are, hey, this is what the games will look like. And I don't think it's bull. Like no, all yeah, the screens, all the yeah. screens were simulated. By the way, like that was not real. Like that wasn't a photograph and to of be someone fair, playing. That's how everything is filmed yeah. when it's involving that's, a camera. That's like, how you commercials don't shoot are. Off screen for a commercial. That's so, not how this works. so you know, like I think the um, I think the expectations will not be disappointed by the fact that you will give, get a game that looks as good as that Mario game. And yes, it will run games that you've seen on Wii U. On a handheld screen. By the way, when you take something off a 60-inch plasma or or what what do the kids use now? LEDs and OLEDs and LCDs. You there take you it down to a small six or seven-inch screen. It's gonna it look, look awesome. freaking awesome. Yeah, it'll yeah. look gorgeous. And so I think when people actually see this device, they're not going to be disappointed and say like, "This is not what I expected." Well, so, but so they will hear about battery life. That's more when I'm talking about. And that will be a disappointment. Yeah, and that's my thing. When you have to talk about battery life, when I have to start worrying, does it get hot when I play it? Like mm-hmm. it will. Get all hot. of those questions, mm-hmm. like I just, I can't help but wonder between now and January when they finally talk about this, whether it is because even like the the transition was seamless. Like I want to believe that you just slide it in, boop, boop, it's right on your television. Yeah, like it didn't even feel like a wait. And that video didn't have to set those expectations. They're coming at it in the right. If you if you think about everyone else that's attempted that little screen to big screen, yeah, they've been going the opposite direction, right? It's been Sony with the remote playing to the yeah. Vita or to a mobile screen, mm-hmm. and it's taking something central and zapping it out, whereas they're going, it's closer to, I'm playing a game on my iPhone and I'm airplaying to an Apple TV, yep. is the closest experience that there is currently, mm-hmm. and I think that's mm-hmm. the right way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so y- do either of you two have kids? We, no. have, we have kids of the same, oh, yeah, similar no. ages. Yeah. Um, they fight together. Did they, to the death. Did other. your kids care? No, not that much. My daughter is like, ooh, Splatoon, right? Like yeah. that. The boys are like, this is pretty cool. And that that, that was as much as I yeah, got out of mine yeah. as well. And, yeah. And How, was, but there wasn't like the so kind of like. 13 and 11. Oh, actually, Aki did ask, can we get two? Because, <laughs> because the, the footage of them playing multiplayer, he yeah. was like, awesome score. You know, he, right. he already put in a stake. I'm like, absolutely right. not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but beyond that, it was. But it was. It looks kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they that watched the video it. Yeah. and they were. Yeah, yeah it looks. Do kinda they cool. have phones? Yeah. yeah. I mean, do they play games on those phones? Yeah. So, so they have so iPads like... and iPhones, and you know, and, and you know, they, you know, getting getting them off a screen at any point is a big challenge. Right? Yeah. Of course. I'm, I'm yeah. Thinking we don't need another one. Right? Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, and imagine being that young and distracted, and and juggling a phone and a switch with two Joy-Con things on the side and all that stuff. Uh, judging, uh, juggling two charging cables, or however this thing's going to charge, um, if it's proprietary or not. I mean, this whole thing kind of feels like an 
again, I'm trying to be as positive on it as, as possible, and I will buy one day one, of course. But uh, it feels like almost too little too late for where the handheld market is going. Yep. Like the handheld market is disappearing, much to my chagrin, because I absolutely love handheld gaming and always have. It's what got me into games yep. to begin with. Um, it feels like they're sort of, sort of making up for the mistakes that they made with the Wii U and how – I mean, I don't know what you guys did, but I got my Wii U on day one. Mm-hmm. I plugged it in. I started playing uh, Super Mario Brothers on it, and I walked from my living room to my bedroom, which is ten and a half feet, and it stopped working. Yeah, and immediately the dream died, and it was yeah. just like, well, that's not gonna, well, that's not gonna happen. Dream. I mean, you're so gonna, this, well, that's not gonna happen. This will work. Yeah, yeah. this will definitely work. Now, what will kill the dream is if it dies in less than three hours. Yeah, but it will have, but it, but it will have a cool factor that you didn't have with you know the the play, PlayStation, and the Xbox, where like these machines launched as one thing, and then they said, ooh, ooh, yeah, we, you can do that too. You can now enter text on this screen, and you can connect your phone and do this and st- that. And it was never built in. Like yeah. everything was like cobbled on and there were some good experiences right like Ubisoft used the second screen mm-hmm. uh, yep. with, with Assassin's Creed for like some cool stuff but it wasn't necessary Battlefield yeah. done well, stuff with the maps and stuff yeah. which has worked yeah. really well but what's yeah. different here is that there will be a console-like thing on your on your table, and you play on your credenza, and you're playing a game on your screen, and you grab it and take it, and it'll yeah. immediately switch, and it's cool. Yeah, yeah. and, and I think the way that's you a take the controllers off. That, I thought that was cool. I was like, oh, you just whoop, whoop. I, I think it'll yeah. feel something else. We're going. I think it'll feel different. I think, and it, and it won't be the same as with the Wii U, where you're going like, okay, why do I? Why am I holding this giant tablet? Why can't thing, I leave right? the next tw- twenty feet well, from my television? That's the other yeah. thing. Yeah. But like, I think the purpose purpose of this thing is so clear when you see it you're like that looks cool what do you and oh you take it and then you know you leave i will say there's like there's tremendous potential for uh peripherals and attachments for this thing that even if they were like i mean i saw even fan mock-ups where uh, people making floating around today with like you know a gamecube style yeah yeah i was just gonna Uh, say that stuff like that's so cool to me um instead of being like oh you want nes controllers or you want super nintendo style like clip-ons we can do all that you know just to push to push back a little on what you were talking about with like part of the too little too late for where the mobile market is going i feel like though it is kind of bold to say okay these big console games that you love to play and that you play at home on your television you can take that with you i think that that that's enticing if of done course. right like yeah. that is really enticing and what's to say that the mobile market doesn't turn into okay well obviously mobile i mean it's it's huge apple's got the best device for that stuff even nintendo is making a game mm-hmm. for apple that's going to blow up but then on the other side you have this device that is these are the big boy games. These are the bigger games that will absorb you more, that you'll get into more, that yeah. you you know, you can play them on your television, you can play them in bed, or you can play them whatever the heck you want, you know? Have sure. you ever tried playing some of the big boy games on, like, an iPad with a controller, though? I have KOTOR on my iPad, yeah. and I've been meaning to play it yeah. forever. <laughs> it was, like, a two-gig download, yeah. and I've got the SteelSeries Bluetooth controller. Yep. It feels really yep. good. And, like, there's just something where it, that it doesn't quite feel right well it doesn't resonate (laughs) with you as a console because you also check your work email on it and you check twitter on it and you get text on it constantly like interrupting you it's it's why i'm buying you i'm really into psvr right now and i was trying to drill down on why and i was like oh it's it's the only game console i play where i'm completely undistracted like when i'm i I can play my 3ds at home my laptop sitting in front of me my iphone is sitting next to me and my wife's watching tv in the living room and i'm like i can look up and see four screens right now so the switch is sort of enticing in that way in that i don't get work emails on it i won't get texts on it you know it's sort of like this un unfiltered un uninterrupted gameplay thing if that's the case though why can you take the joy cons off i mean like do you think the joy cons are just there to be a easy travel solution or is the message like 
to me, like the message is a little muddled that it can turn into something that is closer to an iPad or an right. iPhone, right? Like, do you think they will put applications on there that are I a think bit so. more like Netflix streaming or whatever? Or I do mean, you think it'll be games? Like, is this going to be like yeah, an... How many of those do you need? Like, right. another that's device that plays yeah, Netflix? Do device. we really need one? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to be that guy. No, 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 like, but, but look, if you're taking one device on an airplane, I think you're going to... Like, they're clearly asking you to make the choice between an iPad and this. They're yeah. not saying you're not going to bring your phone. You're always going to bring your phone, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I so, think their pitch is going to be this is the extra yeah. thing, just like they did with Wait. Yeah, the extra thing being the iPad right now. I have Spotify in my PS4, right? And like, I'm like, what do I need Spotify and another thing for? Oh, because I can put set up custom playlists while I'm playing a video game. I can stream music in the background. Like, I can mm-hmm. put on '90s hip hop and play I do that. Battlefront. It's, like, it's that's fun. awesome. Yeah, uh, it's true. But so I, that's a, that's a, it's a good John question. Like, people do that. Hip-hop. <laughs> with Battlefront, that why not? That's kind of awesome. It's peanut butter and pizza. Uh, it's. I think a big question, like you said, is the sort of portability of this of this whole thing, right? Like, is this when when I take this thing and I take it on the road mm-hmm. and I want to put it in my backpack, right? Do I get a special case for it? One of the things I've always loved about Nintendo handheld designs, at least for the last decade or so, is their clamshell design. They look after themselves, Yeah, they, right? they take care of themselves. Yeah. Whereas my Vita needs a little purse and everything like that. <laughs> S does um, this thing, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. like I said, when I like I was just in New York for five New, New York and New Jersey for five days. I'm going to go home for Thanksgiving and Christmas and spend time with my family. Every time I always had that thing at the last moment where I'm like, I should throw my PS4 in my backpack. Because I want to be able to play console games there, and I'm like, oh, but then I got to bring a controller or all this other stuff. But having like a console, and you'll be stopped at the, the yeah, checkpoint. And it's a and, whole big yeah. problem, right? Mm-hmm. But like the the docking station for this thing, does this have like a Wii U style, Xbox style, gigantic power brick? Like, how portable is all of this together as and one that's unit? That's the rest of the story that they yeah. got to tell. I don't yeah. think they want you to take the docking station. Oh, well, why not? No, yeah, I don't think they want you to take the docking station. You're going to be charging that thing on a plane. I think that's plug. your. Yeah. I think I don't think they're catering to the person who goes to their parents and also needs a docking station there. They can buy another. In one. the commercial, then, the guy goes to his two different incredibly nice condos that he owns. <laughs> all of us suffer. But he from has that two problem. docking stations. Like is that? I guess that's what it is. Yeah, no, it's it was different guys, I think. Right. Uh, but but they I, just I, all I live the point. same. I just don't think that. Um, I don't think they want you taking that dock out of the house. Like I think, but that leads to another question slash concern that they need to answer. Like, how many batteries does this thing have? Right, because you've got a battery One, in the screen, two, you've got three. a battery in the Joy-Con, you got in right, grip, in left, maybe. Yeah, uh, the grip has the grip lights on it. Has so its own. yeah, battery it's that needs to be charged. Yep. The grip looks enormous. Yes. Yeah, it looks it looks like it's it's hideous. I will admit it's hideous, but it's probably one of those things that like. You'll you'll hold it and be like, oh, this feels fine, but you never want to look at it. Yeah, it, it, like, it, it reminds me a little of the Dreamcast controller yeah. and how yeah. kind of sort of ergonomically wrong it is. Yeah, <laughs> but it works, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like you're holding a big square. Yeah, uh, the yeah. whole thing that's like it reminds me of the when we first saw the Wii, and it was like here's this sleek, modern, gorgeous console and this minimalist remote, and everything's white in the background. And then you got the system, and it was like, oh, there's a 20 foot long sensor bar cable that has to be wrapped yeah. around mm-hmm. something. There's a, a a, a giant power brick. There's nunchucks that plug into it. You know, there's all these. There's a pro controller that plugs into it. All of a sudden, you're like, I've got just a big bag of peripherals to play a video game. <laughs> yeah. And so for this thing, if you take that and multiply it by things that need charging, you've got that 
like that big block and then the Joy-Con L and R and then the screen and the docking station. So now station imagine you've got your, your hotel situation where you've, yeah. got your, you know, you've got your phone plugged in and you've got your – and most hotel rooms these days, the number of like available <laughs> plugs is like two, is right? two top, Unless you yeah. want to move the bed. Yeah. So you're like, yeah. okay, so I'm going to – all right, I'm going to plug my switch in not near the bed because I don't need to wake it up in my – Well, you've got to unplug the lamp. Everybody knows you've got it. But I'm going to plug my Joy-Cons into that so they're charging too and then, yep. and like and it's just like yeah I mean how many things are we are we like chaining together at this uh, point you put I the, think they you, thought yeah. of it I, I think they thought of it I think the the system charges the Joy-Cons yeah. for sure yeah when they attach it'll charge them yeah, it's gotta yeah. be right but I'm just saying like you put that pile of stuff on your bed and you put your suitcase in the middle and on the other side is your phone and your phone charger yeah. and you're like I'll just take the phone that's the thing. That's the problem. They're going head to head with. I'll just take my phone. That's yeah, the market they're going for. Right play Breath of the Wild. You know, your yeah. phone's not going to play like this. They're going to use that as their selling point. Like that's. Do you, that's do you what know? We're heading into this is now. a walk. But do you know what? Do you know about Asylum Films? Asylum Films is that company that makes really crappy like Transmorphers and like knockoff movies. Okay. Uh, day and date, they are available on like Netflix and the Amazon Prime Store, right. and like and you could go see Transformers in the movie. Or you could just watch Transformers on your TV right now. And when people go, when you go to work on Monday, people are like, "You've seen Transformers?" And they're like, "Oh, that movie where the the robots turn in their cars and they fight." Yeah, I saw it. And you didn't actually see it. You, saw you just saw something like it. Yeah. Like right now, for years, people have been like, "Yeah, I don't have Mario on my phone," but I mean, yeah, you will in in two months. Yeah. But like, I'll play this other platforming game. I'll play mm-hmm. Angry Birds. I'll play something else that's sort of similar. I don't oh, have Zelda, of but I'll, Zelda, I'll play Oceanhorn. Yeah, yeah, I'll play Oceanhorn. Oh, Ocean don't Horn. get me started on Oceanhorn. I hate that game. Oh, <laughs> no. oh my god, I have opinions. <laughs> Let's not do that. Well, that, that being I, it's, that what game I'm, is derivative to like a point that I'm surprised people are not yeah. like rioting in the streets. Over. No, I'm because it was well done. It's yeah. competently it's done. Well all done? Okay, yeah. we need to have a talk e- after Either this. way. <laughs> but it's fine for phones, right? In lieu of not having a legit Zelda there, it's fine for phones. A and also, my phone. It's fine for a house. Like, well, like my, my phone, I can also get a text from a friend or check Twitter or check Facebook or check my work email or take pictures. Like, my camera that on my phone is amazing. So it's this all in one device, and that's it's competing with the game's only device, which is very enticing in its own way. Like I said before, less distractions. But when it comes to traveling light and being like, I want to bring one of these things, yeah. the phone's going to win every single time. Yeah. And they've got to show you why traveling light is yeah. worth it. I completely agree. And um, it's funny, you had one more point on the tip of my tongue, but we should probably take a break because I know you have to go soon because you got a hard out. Why don't we do that? Let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk about some of the answers that we have gotten from Nintendo, talk a little bit about the financial stuff, uh, and leave you with... This is going to be a long episode, so buckle up. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. Jose Otero here with Per Schneider, Brian Altano, John Davison. So, we have a couple of answers from Nintendo. Uh, they're not answering many questions, clearly. Like, they just want this video to kind of stand on its own. Uh, so, what does the dock do? We sent them. And their answer was, the Nintendo Switch dock has been created, so it is extremely easy to seamlessly switch between playing games on a TV to transition into a portable mode. Blah, 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 blah. Getting to the larger... The one part of the question that I was surprised they answered... 
Dock is not the main console unit of the Nintendo Switch. It is the device itself. If you didn't know that, they were putting that out there. But they did come out and say that the Joy-Con controllers, which can be attached from the side, are included in the box when you buy this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They made that but, part clear and nothing else. But they we also, don't know about the dock. But, we don't know about some of the other stuff. But they all, I mean, they did, they did make it clear that the we, we, we kind of pontificated about how this kind of dock thing could work before the system was announced. And we said, oh, maybe, maybe there is technology in the dock that will boost the output right. and like upscale. That's not the case. No. The dock no. is a shell. And some people say, why is it so big? Well, it's supposed to securely hold this tablet in there. Yeah. You know, it's going to have some plugs. You can see, like, you know, it's going to have HDMI. Um, but its main function is to make sure the device gets yeah. juice and the video signal goes through an HDMI cable yeah. into the TV. Their exact wording. Output to the TV as well as charging. And so yeah. I think, you know, like the one thing we talked about a little bit is like what gaming laptops do, right? When you take a gaming laptop with you, in order to last longer, they will they will slow the games. Like they will yep. they will decrease the, the effects or they will dim the screen. The 3DS does that too, right? It has a yeah. mode to preserve battery. And so when you dock it, it, the the machine's going to get full power when you take it out. They will do something to maximize battery, and that may have an effect on 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 the actual kind of the fidelity, the audio, maybe the volume it outputs, like a s- couple of things. But what it isn't is this dock does not boost anything. We should yeah. check it. I yeah. mean, it uses a custom Tegra chip made yep. by NVIDIA. We should check an NVIDIA Shield and see what was the difference between it having will do it that. plugged in mm-hmm. or unplugged it, in and seeing how it affected the game that was. That's a great on. idea. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, you have that one for free. That. Yeah, which is interesting because we did a thing on on my other show up at noon today was sort of talking about the consoles that kind of led to the Switch. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, even going back to like the Sega Nomad, which yep. is kind of the Remember first that time. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like one of the first times you could be like, oh, I can take a console game out of my Genesis, put it in my new fat triangular Game Gear looking thing, yeah. and go on the bus. Uh, and it worked for the most part. It was a little late in the Genesis life. How long cycle. did those last? No, yeah, that was on not five, five minutes. Yeah, not long. <laughs> Sega, not long at all. <laughs> I mean, the Game, game Gear was the like game ninety minutes. Yeah. for six AA batteries. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, there's a good answer in there. Like, I, I expected the Joy-Cons to be included, though. No, we all did. But, yeah, I was but surprised it's not they answered have the, that part of the question. They're not yeah. going to give you the Pro Controller. No, no. you're not probably yeah. getting the grip. Uh, yeah. We asked, does it support Amiibo? Obvious question, I know, and there are Amiibo in the video, but... Nintendo has certain branding around where your Amiibo touchpoint in it. And none of it was there. But yeah, their NFC they stuff. They did confirm that it, that yeah, it will. They did. Yeah, they said, yeah, absolutely. But if you can't game see. If Amiibo, then you're going to use it uh, there as well. But yeah. with the Wii U gamepad, when you look at it, there's a little logo where you put them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah but the 3DS, no. It's yeah, behind yeah. the screen. So we're assuming it's no, more like but that, on right? the hockey puck they put out on the NFC reader, it has yeah. that same symbol. So right. I was like, I don't see that on any of this right. stuff. Yeah. It's going to be on the screen, i But it's not on the new 3DS, right? You just put it on the screen. No, yeah, but the screen, they'll even have that logo show up when you're supposed to touch it oh, uh, for a game. right. I, yeah, so it's just Wait. it's a visual branding that they so do. So that means when you use Amiibo, you got to take it out, put it on the table, put it on the screen, put it back no, in. Like or the... it might just scan through the grip. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the grip maybe. might do it. Yeah. I mean, why else or, have it? Or actually, because that's thing, why it's so one big. One that surprised me about the base station is mm-hmm. is why it has that weird toaster look to it. Where the <laughs> yeah, where, Ding. Why, why is there like a quarter of an inch of the device poking out above the? Maybe it's so that you can just sort of wave. Oh yeah, that could be too. You know? yeah. Yeah. The toaster, by the way, which I'm, we're going to call forever now because I love that. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's very Actually, odd yeah. how they've they've gone for like very sleek, minimalist kind of low key design 
for a while now. And this one just says Nintendo Switch, yeah. like in the huge. Logo is huge. It's a very huge, and loud logo, and it's sort of like that kind of um, late '90s, early 2000s, two different tones of of yeah. dull gray consumer electronics, yeah. which is not Nintendo style. No, not yeah. at all. But I think that's sort of in in line with console design in general right yeah. now. Like the you look at the aside from like the white colored ones, which look really cool and dynamic. Yeah. The PS4 and the Xbox One are just sort of like blocks. Like yeah. the PS4 has that sort of Mayan temple angle on the front of it. But yeah. other than that, there's just big gray boxes these these I, these days. You know? I would say, I mean, the 1S to me is really elegant. The yes. white Xbox looks yeah. beautiful because yes. they have that kind of vent pattern, yep. right? Yeah. So that one looks looks more the, like a piece of art. To me yeah. It looks like it's made out of that stuff. That, do you remember the, when Microsoft used to make those like really weird controllers back in the 90s and it had that yeah. fake metallic paint on yep. it? Yeah, yeah. That was there because if you knocked it off the table or whatever, it didn't. Di- like the switch yeah. looks like it's like been designed and built that way mm-hmm. in case you drop it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. could you know? be. Yeah, and kids will drop it. Yeah, and adults <laughs> will drop it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I screwed up earlier. I brought up the Joy-Con answer. It's actually part of a different question. We asked, could yeah. they be sold separately? Because. You know, uh, little Johnny Davison is going to lose they're gonna a controller. They're going to get lost because yeah. they're tiny. Yeah. yeah. The kids will absolutely lose these <laughs> and, controllers. And, <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the sticks and buttons are in strange places as well. It's like... One, like, one is different from the yeah, other. Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. on the yeah. one where everything's over on the right-hand side, that's really weird. With yeah. yeah. The left overhang, you know? It's what a, what a weird problem to be like, I can't play Zelda Breath of the Wild because I lost the right joystick. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're so, not going to do that. So no. they said that they're included with the system will announce hardware configurations uh, for each region at a later date. We know the date now. It's uh, January 12th. Um, does Nintendo Switch have a touchscreen or support touchscreen? Uh, and they said we have nothing to announce on this topic. However, this morning Eurogamer reports mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch screen will be 6.2 inches in size, 720p, and for the first time feature a capacitive multi-touch input. Now, if you have a 3DS, that is not what you currently own. If you have a Wii U, that is not what you have. Those are resistive touchscreens. Yeah. Yeah, basically, you can... you, or, or pressure... How does that work? There's a difference. In, you know, like tell, like one if you supports multi-touch, one a- does not. Angle your 3DS or your gamepad screen, and you can see these little dots on there, right? Like you can you can tell it's a very diff- it's a different technology from when you look at your phone or your iPad, right? Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, it's uh, it. We we knew this was going to happen. Of course, like yeah. we all knew it was going to have touchscreen. Yeah. You know, yeah. developers no touched it, in whispered the video. it, no, yeah. no but one. Nintendo purposely didn't put it in the video because either they wanted another thing to announce later, right? They love kind of rolling out pieces and, and people going like, ooh, we can do that too, right? <laughs> or they just want to make sure that you don't go, well, that's just like a Wii U, right? Like, yeah. they differentiate it. Well, we said but, this is how it was going to go, right? Like, this was going to be a marathon of just little bits of information yep. until they finally do what they're yeah, going to do. Yeah, and it'll, well, it'll, I think, it'll, it'll support pinching for the first time. That sounds weird. They've but never like, had a you know, touch, touch you, you, you yeah. couldn't do pinching and it will support styli too styluses yeah. styli <laughs> I think it would have terrified people if you showed them touch doing touchscreen games and then putting it in the toaster because you'd be like now I can't touch the screen anymore that, like, might, that would have confused more people questions. a lot well, yeah, you're here's right. the thing if you're trying to do touchscreen and the grip is the way you're gonna do it like I have a PS4. I love playing games on my PS4, but that pad that they you use for touch, that's useless. And when I have, I never like you're just wandering. You're like trying to find where it's yeah. like a mouse when cursor. When it switches into that keyboard mode, and you're like, oh, how do I turn oh. this off? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to use. I mean, this. in most yeah. of the games I'm playing now on PS4, it is a glorified A button. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is a yeah. gigantic clickable button. It has nothing to do with anything. And, else. and with a Vita, Vita had the butt touch, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the one just, behind that, like nobody yeah. really used that. They're doing effect. some stuff in PSVR where you like flick some 
something from there onto the screen, yeah. which is like, that's kind of novel. This is going to yeah. sound silly, but I hope to God one of the peripherals for this thing is not another screen that you can put those Joy-Cons on and then you'll have another screen there that you can no. touch on. Like, I, that would be insane. I'll tell you yeah. why. It's not, not going to be a thing. I, look, the focus for this device is not touchscreen gaming, but there will be games that require touch namely Mario Maker. Mario Maker is going to be on this device. There's just no question about it. Yeah. They want that community to continue. Same story with Mario Kart Splatoon. And, oh, Animal and, Crossing and like, is better with, with look, uh, When with I designed Crossing. Mario Maker levels, here's what I did. I took my Wii U gamepad and I started drawing and I never looked at the TV. And the freaking yeah. TV was on the entire time. And, and so like... You will, with this device, when you're creating, you will take this thing and you will design on the gamepad and you will per- be perfectly fine just looking at that. You yeah. don't need the dual imagery <clears throat> at that point. No, and that and in that scenario, it works. It, it seems weird, but it's the only way that it, makes it sense. seems can be done. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, like you and I are, are big Splatoon players. The other thing I saw in the trailer is like, whoa, hold on. It's Splatoon. Wasn't it Jose who told me you can't play this game without a touchscreen because you got to pick on the map where you jump to? Yeah. Right? We talked about that. What are they well, going to do? That was one of the rules. Uh, what are they going to do? They're going to make it a touchscreen. Well, I've got a thing as well. Uh-huh. as the touchscreen. It's got to have uh, some kind of gyroscope in it too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we haven't talked about that, and that's the thing that really helped in Splatoon. Doesn't Zelda need it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's just stuff in Zelda where you're looking around, right? Yeah, there's motion uh, aiming. Yeah, but a lot of Zelda was still designed around the analog sticks. Like, you can use it for, like, the motion aiming, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, when you jump and he goes into slow motion, you yeah. can, like, tilt the thing. But you're right. Yeah. Like I mean, that, they ported motion sense. aiming even in a Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time, like their mm-hmm. 3DS ports. Like, yeah. the motion aiming and, and uh, the Wind Waker for I, Wii U. I mm-hmm. think they'll be in, but just to clarify with Splatoon, you will not be able to use the touchscreen because either, well, if it's docked, either you not. got your visuals on yeah. the screen and that's not going to display the map, or it's docked and you're not going to use it. Or they came up with it, a way to get around how you're supposed to spawn next to teammates. So I, that was the point. So right? I, I the actually think, when we haven't talked about this yet, okay, let's go. there's no D pad. Right, like you have a little four button combo that's like the C buttons, yeah. right? But that that kind of setup actually for me works for Splatoon, where I go like up means the player that way, right means the player that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Or like, tie a player and, to each one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you I could have it. a little display somewhere that shows the faces of the other players mm-hmm. or the initials or something. But and the way I, it I think that'll on, work on Wii U was that you had that map screen down on that screen, so they've got to get around that, right? right yeah. You needed to know if that player was surrounded. I didn't want to spawn on pair if pair had like four. The, Don't you know, spawn on pair. Around um, and that was the point. <laughs> Thanks. I think I it's really it's it's very interesting that they've been making dual screen games across the Wii U and their 3DS and DS line for the last 15 years, and now those are kind of coming to an end yeah. with yeah. this mm-hmm. because you're going to have to play games with the I don't know what you, you want to call it the square with the stuff on the side the, whatever what, the, the, the when the, the, the yeah the Joy Con Joy Con grip the, yeah, the block or whatever it. yeah the block the, the brick block. The you toaster, are so good at naming the, the block. <laughs> What else we got? Uh, so, but if you're playing a game on that, you want to have access to a touch screen or a second screen. So, yeah, a lot of stuff. It's gonna it's gonna be weird how all that stuff comes together. It'll be interesting. I mean, every game that Nintendo has made on the Wii U and the 3DS, you can pull off with a single screen display, and you probably can pull off a lot of them even without touch. Right. But I mean, they they have some options obviously to work with with this. Device, Their biggest so. option will be to tweak it slightly and resell it to you wholly. There you go. Yes. New new play control. Yay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, I think they'll do more than that. At least I hope so, because then that's what it's going to turn into. Everyone's saying, oh, well, you already made this game on Wii U. Like, well, it's also care? everybody listening to this show has played Mario Kart, Splatoon, Mario Maker. Yeah. I mean, are you going to buy those again? 
Maybe. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, then, yeah, then well, we're, because, the, we're the problem. <laughs> you will play them on the go. That makes it a different game. Yeah. I, th- I no. think they're going to no, make No, but there will be, I think there will yeah. be enough new stuff in there. Yeah. Look yeah, yeah. at the Mario Kart. Like, the two seconds of Mario Kart you saw, you're switching items all of a sudden. That wasn't the last one. You had characters in it that weren't there before. I'm sure they're going to do more tracks to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the item switch the is a big deal. Is, yeah. Whether the gravity thing is the only thing, whether double dash mode is back or a battle mode, which is the thing that you all the tears over. That's, you know, you, came out. you went through your whole list right there, and that's that's the one that yeah, you, you can hear the six, you can hear the fifty out. bucks flying out of my pocket right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we didn't uh, have battle mode last time, but now here it is. So and welcome back. All the details are happening as of yesterday. Nintendo announced all the details uh, for. Sorry, let me find it. Uh, launch lineup, uh, pricing, launch date. You said they announced all the details, or they announced no, when they announced will announce they the details. Announcing. The yeah. announcement to announce the details yeah. are uh, the, the teaser for the teaser. Yeah, they yeah, launched the logo to the countdown clock yeah. to the teaser website yeah. to the announcement. Uh, Let's talk to the so woman who knows what's going on in Tokyo. Um, but there's also going to be events in U.S. and Europe. It doesn't sound like they're concurrent. They're going to be separate events. Right. Um, but the launch is March 2017, um, which is totally feasible that they can get this thing out i mean it's a short we talked about it this is going to be a shorter cycle for them you mm-hmm. don't need nine months to sell a playstation that, but that means know? that the the look of the machine's got to be pretty final at this point yeah. right yeah. like you gotta yeah. Yeah. to sell you know a couple million units in the first month you gotta start making them now right sure yeah foxconn needs a while to stack the boxes so mm-hmm. if the stuff that it i mean stuff was well hidden in that trailer so yeah. if it has a camera on the front or the back it was obscured. Yeah. And if it had, you know, there's a lot, and the fact that no one touched the screen, I think, yeah. was very much on purpose. It was like, this is, we're focusing on the console like experience, and yeah. that's it. We'll yeah. tell you all the rest of it later. People are theorizing that. that the SD card might be tucked beneath the kickstand on the back. Uh, there's all these sort of like, it's see, a Swiss Army knife, is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 it, ha- it kind of has to be, right? Which is, uh, again, like very different than, say, an uh, Apple's design, which has doesn't have an SD card slot on it. They Actually, Apple is systematically removing things from their products rather than adding yeah, them. Yeah, like headphone yeah. jacks. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, I just drew a very quick drawing, but there was whatever that was oh, near the, little, the D-pad. The little, little it's the hole? Yeah, yeah what is it? The little hole. Was a button, but it was a button. Hole. So I actually... <laughs> the switch hole. It isn't God. that bad. John I hope Davidson. you enjoyed that world. All um, right. But I actually think... That, I actually gentlemen. think that thing is unfinished. Like, that so? is so not Nintendo to what have a little that? black what? circle square with no branding or logo on it Unless whatsoever. I don't know. It's too big to be a microphone, right? Who knows? Yeah. Um, we're not even looking at a picture of it. I just drew yeah. something in this film. <laughs> <laughs> we're all like, what could it be? In your beautiful illustration, but, yeah. it's but, too big to be. But they were fun. clearly not conser- <laughs> concerned with telling anybody what it is. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. they show A, B, X, Y, and you're like, yeah, I get what this is. They show totally. the chung taking it off, and they explain how the D-pads work. Yeah. That thing, they just showed you and said, figure it out. Or, figure it out. Well, here's mm-hmm. the one thing they did tell you, that there are going to be 2 million Nintendo Switch shipments planned for the end of this film fiscal year for them fiscal year for nintendo ends in march yeah okay so Uh, which is when it comes out so that means if it came out on march 29 we would say holy crap that's a lot of units if it came out on march 1st we'd say that's not as good as some of of the previous console launches so that Mm -hmm. like that doesn't tell us a lot yet yeah yeah, yeah. right doesn't tell us a ton uh just what was the initial shipment on the wii u wasn't it uh so i'm pulling that actually i pulled that up i'm glad you asked so when i looked it up in an investment in a, a presentation to investors they said 
said they plan to ship 5.5 million Wii units by the end of that fiscal year. So Wii U came out in November. I think it was something like the 18th. I don't quite remember the date right now. But then I was looking at a Bloomberg report, and it said that Nintendo uh, shipped 3.45 million units of Wii U instead right. in that period. In that same period, yeah, but, but that's from November too, to March. The Bloomberg article flops between shipped and sold, and mm-hmm. we know like those are very different. I would be surprised if Bloomberg screwed that up. Mm-hmm. It's 2 million um, units in March. They'll, they'll sell 2 million units in March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's but not sure. 2 million in November, yeah. right? Like yeah. 2 million in November and 2 million in March are two different stories completely. I'm more concerned with May. And June. Yeah. Like, where is this? July, August, September. We all know who's going to buy this thing when it launches. It's Nintendo fans and hopefully some other people, right? Outliers, people who have been kind of on the fence of Nintendo products for a while. I want to see this thing carry momentum until Christmas and what they can do to keep that enticing and get people who already have a PS4 and an Xbox Mm -hmm. One. And I don't think just doing different colors every couple months is going to cut it. No, not this time. Not this time. (laughs) Um, Just one more thing. Uh, As a side note, 3DS hardware unit, apparently they forecast that they were going to ship 4 million. Now, just to remind you, 3DS actually launched in Japan February 26th and then launched in Europe and America in March. Mm -hmm. It's kind of close to how the Switch rollout is going to be somewhat. But they promised... Four million units there, and that's with, a way uh, cheaper two machine. More days, though, like two right? or three more How much days, did like it earlier. ship for? How much did it cost when? Oh it no, when it shipped, it was two fifty. Remember, yeah. oh, Nintendo misread expensive. the market with Nintendo oh, yeah. 3DS. Yeah. Like that was one of that they had to cut a third of the price. Yeah. in the next quarter, because and like, it did so poorly. Are we assuming the Switch is two ninety nine or three forty nine? Like around that. That angle, not not two forty nine or two hundred. No, depends right? how many free Game Boy games do you want when they do the ambassador program <laughs> three months afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, it's got to be two ninety nine max. Yeah, right? I was, that's a, that's a sweet spot. That. You can do a skew that's like three ninety nine that has a whole bunch of other stuff for like yeah. just the, truly hardcore they'll be bundled, fans. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's yeah, the one I'm with totally a bigger with SD card or you know whatever. Yeah, two ninety nine is the absolute max for this thing. Two forty nine. If they said two fifty, you'd be like. Yeah. Two fifty would be would be phenomenal. There's, yeah. there's just, no way. Yeah. There's no way. Well, because no I mean, two fifty. No. Well, they want they want to they they historically like to sell their consoles at a profit, right? That's yeah. that's the thing they do. That, yeah, they already said remember, they're not selling this one at a loss, but they say they're listening to. The, uh, we talked to Reggie at E three, and he was like, you know, we don't do anything anymore. Where you know. We don't do what Apple does, right? You know, yeah. they very much come at it as we put technology out that we know we can make money on. We know that it's proven. There's like, you know, there's nothing experimental really. It's mm-hmm. we take other ideas and we refine them. Mm-hmm. I gotta think, yeah. They've got to have learned the lesson. Wii U was universally thought to be too expensive. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. not going to repeat that. Still. Yeah. Still to yeah. this day. I mean, mm-hmm. if you went and bought a Wii U today, first of all, is everything okay? <laughs> but uh, it's still, like, it still hasn't ever gotten that significant price drop that even made it the sort of kind of like, uh, here's, this will be my third console type mm-hmm. of thing, you know? Yeah. So No, totally. And, and absolutely right. They've misread the market twice with 3DS charging too much, with Wii U charging too much. Um, I don't think you make that mistake again. Just like they're saying, they're not making the launch mistake again. Of, right. Hey, here's three three games or four games, and then you're not going to see something from us for a couple of months, which the, is what happened in both cases. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's right. also the worry that you know by this time next year they're competing with themselves, and the 2ds is 39.99, and the and the 3ds is you know one uh, 129.99 or 99.99, uh, and you're sitting there going, oh, uh, portable Nintendo. That sounds great. Oh, this one's 
a fourth or fifth of the price, you know? Yeah, but, you know, iPhones and iPads coexist, right? And, like, we didn't, none of us knew we needed iPads before they existed, right? Like, that was suddenly a third pillar coming into the market, and clearly that's been a big success, right? It's like 80 bucks, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can regularly see them for, like, 50 on GameStop. But see, that's that's why, like, I think there will be a significant price difference. Obviously, there's a performance and screen size difference between these devices. So, I, I mean, I... I'm I'm thinking it's 349 max. Like wow. it's just, I mean think about it. It's got it does not have old touchscreen technology like mm-hmm. the gamepad and the Wii U. It has a bigger screen. It has a pretty beefy processor, right? Like there's a lot of stuff that has to be in there. Now, they don't have to pay for hard drive obviously and and some of that stuff that you'd find in in yeah. in a in a real console and that adds a lot of uh price, but it's not that's not a simple machine so to how build. About, how yeah. about this as a scenario? Like, very un-Nintendo, but it goes back to something that you said during your research. So you can buy a six-pack of Amazon Fire tablets for yeah. 59 bucks each, yeah. and they come in a little carton, right? And, uh, and it's really cool, but it's you have an Amazon Prime subscription, yep. and that's how you get them cheap. If yeah. they're moving to a services-based model yep. rather than a platform, like a hardware-based model... Again, going back to speculation on what Microsoft was going to do last generation, if you're an Xbox Live member, you get the hardware cheaper. Mm-hmm. Nintendo could be like, look, you sign up for Nintendo, whatever we're calling it. Three years. It. Yeah. yeah. Three years, it's yours for 200 bucks. I would yeah. gladly gladly pay something like that. Because I have, I have one of those. And you have access to everything yep. on Virtual Console. Yep. And <laughs> everything is open to you. And, and that's how they drive the price awake? down. Now, yeah. Yeah. now let's Pitch not, not be too hasty. I mean, I, I bought one of those $40. There were 30, one day it was like some, I think it was like Prime Day. It was like $39.99 for a Kindle Fire, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. right? And uh, with that, you have Amazon Prime. And it lets you download any movies that are on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Which means that before I get on a plane... Uh, I have that weird tendency where before I get on a plane, I'm like, okay, I need 70 books, 200 movies, yeah. 600 <laughs> movies. Oh, I don't do yeah. any of it. Just load up yeah. all I have a glass of wine and like take a nap. Um, <laughs> you, it lets you download all these movies on it. And I think that, again, that's another thing they're competing with, right? It's like the $40 tablet market. When they, when they underestimated with the Wii U, they're like, tablet gaming, you know? It's, we're just starting to get into that. And now, yeah, you can buy a Kindle for 40 bucks. You get garbage Kindle games on it, yeah. but still, yep, you know? Yep. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, and the, that's the Ouya model, right? Like yeah. a very cheap, uh, remember that? Yeah. Very cheap device. Again, this is not cheap. Like, no. When, when you look at that Mario footage or even think about what Mario Kart looks like right now on a little 720p screen, that's going to be hot. Yeah. And that's the one they good. showed looked better. Like that's the thing that I was surprised I didn't hear more people talking about. Splatoon looked better. Mario yeah. Kart looked better. And those but games to that looked point, great. The, yeah. the way that the Fire HD can be cheap and have a nice screen and mm-hmm. a decent amount of RAM is because yeah. it's being funded yeah. by something else. Yes. It's a several hundred dollar device that yeah. you're paying for by giving them 90 bucks a year yeah. for Amazon Prime. Yeah. Absolutely. And oh, Ninten- that's a great remember, point. Nintendo yeah. did already the, hey, pay us now and you get this add-on content for Mario Kart, right? Yeah. Like they did already I kind of that. like pre-sale programs. They certainly are doing it with uh, with Runner, right, on, on iPhone. It's like yeah. sign up now to be notified. Like yeah. they are getting more into that kind of like Customer building um, base and like I, I think that'd be super smart. Yeah, yeah. And, like yeah. it's yeah. not a very Nintendo thing to do. No, <laughs> no. no. But, but, no. but they're the no. ones that have. I mean, like think about like Amazon Prime. They have to make all these deals to offer these these movies for free for a certain time period uh, or music and whatnot. Nintendo sits on a giant dragon horde of 
of classic games I know. Yep. that they own. They can do with it whatever they want. So far, they've sold them to Brian Altano every <laughs> well, couple yeah. years. I mean, imagine, like, imagine, though, imagine books did this. Imagine the Count of Monte Cristo. If you love that book, it costs more because it is the Count of Monte Cristo. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think, like, I think people would throw a fit over it, but right. somehow in, in the game space and entertainment. But Dumas would be real okay okay So it. now, <laughs> like, <laughs> two things real quick. Number one, the PlayStation Plus uh, Games of the Month and Xbox Live Games of the Month uh, articles on IGN are consistently some of the most popular stuff here, right? Mm-hmm. They just go, here's the games you're getting for free, and it turns in this little console war, and everyone's arguing over who gets <laughs> what. Because uh, you pay for PlayStation Month uh, Plus by the month or by the year, mm-hmm. and every single month, you're exposed to a bunch of games that you probably wouldn't have played anyway, but you get for free, and sometimes they're full-fledged console games. Sometimes they're quirky little indie games. Hopefully soon, they'll be PSVR. They do Vita, PS3, and stuff like that. Nintendo's experimented with this to the very slightest degree in that every Thursday, they update their store with brand new games, but with my Nintendo, when that launched recently, they had basically effectively a loyalty rewards program where Mm -hmm. you could exchange coins for games after about two months they completely stopped doing that and instead went with you can exchange coins for percentage discounts on games that you almost certainly already own already. So instead of even being like, you get the Donkey Kong yeah, 3 and the hardcore or- Nintendo fan, of course that's not going to work. That is for specifically you. Like, what that is. De- that program is designed for, though, right? It's designed to reward a, a customer. Re- I agree. But yeah. I, and I do agree that they could do a better job of putting uh, more valuable rewards on there, something that feels like a savings for you because you bought Splatoon or you bought whatever yeah. game is on there. But at the same time, I feel like. It's kind of a weird program because it's not really intended for you, and yet you're the one who gets hooked by it. But, you're, I, but you're the only one who uses this. The, the casual user will not go through the trouble of actually checking. I actually and, had and to be reminded that stuff, Nintendo right? account and my Nintendo exist. Yeah. I, I, I casually check my Nintendo probably once casually. every Casually. I'll believe no. it when I see it. No, seriously, <laughs> once every two or three weeks. And I'm frequently re- reminded A, Mitomo was a thing that existed, and B, I can get a lemon costume for it. Uh, <laughs> and C, I now have these three coin banks. That are just it, it, literally the actual illustration of them. The animation is that they are overflowing with coins, mm. and Nintendo is going like these things are spilling out, like and they're going to expire soon. And I scroll down, I go, okay, cool, I'll spend them, and I can't. Yeah, because there's you know? nothing. You can it's get. like having a bunch of currency in a store that uh, has <laughs> nothing on the shelf. Well. So I, I I am worried about like all of that connecting, and I do think that the three forty nine ninety nine pr- price would be kind of a pain in the ass because you look at the PlayStation Four Pro. Is launching in what two weeks yeah. for three hundred ninety nine dollars? It's four yeah. K capable. By this time next year, it'll almost certainly be three fifty or two ninety nine. They'll price drop it. So you're yeah. once again you have a Nintendo console that's underpowered compared to the others, going head to head with stuff around the same price range that are going to be four K capable. I don't know what yeah. the Scorpio is going to cost, and I know one of these things is portable and the rest aren't. I think still, that's that's a differentiating point. Yeah. point. Like we're not we never sit around and go like, well, the iPad is not as powerful as the Xbox One, right. therefore I'm not going to buy it. Right, like yeah. that. That's not. I, I feel like it's different enough for it to get those brownie points. That when you see it running on that tiny screen, that stuff's gonna look good. I know it's gonna look good. Yeah. And it's but in- price is important. I yeah. agree. Like yeah. when one is three hundred bucks, a PlayStation Four, and this one is three hundred bucks, people are gonna go ooh. Sure, well, and it's also on Nintendo to make sure to work with companies and not have an inferior port of a big name game on there. Yeah. Because if if Nintendo Switch is the home of oh here's where you can play next Skyrim, let's mm-hmm. just say, uh, but it 
it doesn't look sound or even compare to what you can play you on your television. Think the That's Skyrim a problem. Thing was just an extremely cynical, like, hey, we know that the trailer's going out right in the window where I think people are looking at pre-ordering Skyrim Special Edition. Yep. yep. So let's put a glimpse of Skyrim on mm-hmm. this Nintendo thing. Yeah. Maybe. Like, what I mean, about? Oh, we think... know it's Skyrim Monster yeah. Hunter, right? Yeah. Where it's yeah. just where all you're doing is shooting dragons. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's it's it's I'd play that, Skyrim but... crossbow training yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Skyrim crossbow training. But like you look at so the Ubisoft logo was there, right? And then yeah. Ubisoft is launching Watch Dogs 2 this fall. It's yeah. one of those games that you can be played entirely single player or it's got all these like feelers and hooks in terms of online always connected multiplayer. Mm-hmm. But not on the Switch. Right. right? Well, you like, don't know that. They're not nobody is allowed to announce a product. No, but I can tell you that that the online functionality won't work if I'm on the train. Right. Well, that's true. Yeah. So, but that's true of your 3ds right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. So also I, of your Xbox or your PlayStation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you have of, it your, in your of your iPhone, if you're plane. in the tunnel, you're not getting reception. No offense. No. Yeah. Of like, course. These are, these are all scenarios where, like, of course, like, yeah. Un- but I mean, water would be bad. So, but so what I'm saying is that you're you're asking a customer to make the decision which version of Watch Dogs 2 do you want? Right. Do you want to sacrifice portability for online connectivity and graphics? Yeah, but that's, you're going to plug it into your we're dock. back into the old Nintendo problem of yes. you if you want the balked version of this game by the Nintendo version yes. and then a year later all the third parties bail yes that, but that's, that's the, the problem but yes. that's yeah. that's I mean I, I I hope they learn something and third parties learn something that this this is not gonna be the machine where you play Call of Duty online the same way that you do on the others like it's gotta be different it's gotta be the machine that also supports split screen or something right like mm-hmm. I I I agree with you that that could easily happen again where we're getting a version of Assassin's Creed that's good enough but is not the one that's gonna wow everybody and so hopefully hopefully though we're not getting that hopefully yeah. we're getting a different experience and so, but right off the bat, if it doesn't have Red Dead, it doesn't have the best version of Watch Dogs, it doesn't have Call of Duty or the best version of Call of Duty, why purchase it over something else? And then the answer to that is... I don't think is, you know enough to make any conclusions yeah. yet, though. I think on January 12th, we, we get a better version of this story, and then we start saying, okay, if these are the games you're launching with, if this is the stuff you have, if these are the third-party games and how they perform, and hopefully at this event they have some third-party games to show, because if it's just Nintendo games, yeah. I think they do risk people saying... Are we wandering into the same Wii U situation again? Sure. But it's totally on them to prove and say more. I mean, I can make an assumption right now that the Call of Duty that launches next fall across all three of these platforms, mm-hmm. hypothetically, will look the worst on the Switch. That's 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 a that's a straight up. That's not even a prediction. That is an. Absolute. I think that's a. I think that that's a given. Yeah, I think you're absolutely given. right. So yeah. then, right off the bat, next fall, when you have your first true battle for like console real estate space and in, in, in the homes and mindshare of gamers, you have them going, ah, oh, man, but it doesn't have the best version of this. And I want the best version of this, mm-hmm. which is why PS4 won the console generation so far, because it had the best looking versions of third party games. Yeah. And people went to it. So, and that's, you know, look, install base is everything with games and de- determine how much software they get and how much support they get from third parties. You know, the iPad and the iPhone, you never... You never think that. You no. never go like, oh, am I going to buy this game for Xbox or for my iPad, right? Like, you don't have to ask that very often no. because the games are so, the games are so different, right? And, yeah. like, and people make dumbass decisions on their iPad. They'll spend $1,200 on one, and then they won't buy the ad-free version of a game. Right. You know? oh, like, yeah. well, they're, I've they're seen people bad. in first class playing games with like pop-up ads. And I'm like, yeah. you don't have the dollar ninety nine yeah. to get rid of the ads? <laughs> Clearly you do. Like, that drives me nuts. No, totally, totally. Um, 
that's why you know like yes may, this i feel like the inclusion of skyrim and it lo- does look like it's the special edition because it has the better lighting and the yeah. nicer trees right like that inclusion i think was more storytelling yeah. saying yeah this machine is serious business it does not do box 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 boy it can like, but yeah, it's not yeah. but it's not a 3ds I successor when you talk sense. about that like have because i been obsessing about box box because jose is the world's biggest box boy and box box boy fan so yeah. i figured he'd be really excited about when box, did that box, happen box, you've been boy. on the show right like what, what, what I, I was on the three episodes in a row where you just talked about box no that's not a thing no that is yeah i think you you explained every you actually did a verbal walkthrough of every level for us of that game yeah. no and then I make a second box okay. and like yeah. right. uh, no so but, but, but I think Skyrim was more a statement and yes. like I, yeah. I hear you I think it could be a problem if that becomes the reality of a game comes out on three versions you're gonna get the lesser version of Mafia on this but it's portable like mm-hmm. It's still a cool story that you yeah. can take the games course, with you, but yeah. there will be some negative. And I, and I love that. that, right? And there's another part of the story we don't know, which is okay, so right now the console industry is going towards iteration on boxes over uh, the lifespan. So, like, you're getting your PS4 Pro, you're getting your Xbox Scorpio, whatever that name's going to be. What's to say Nintendo's not going that route? What's yeah. to say in six to yeah. months to a year, you're seeing an improved Switch, better, better, uh, you know, hardware, better tech? Uh, and they've done that already. They've done that with New 3DS. They did that with DSi. Like, on a smaller scale, obviously, on a portable scale, this is a much more expensive product. The cool thing about that... Makes you wonder about it. Is that, hypothetically, you just have to sell a new screen, right? <laughs> I mean, you I'll have everything else. It'll be no. cheaper. You keep the dock, you keep the controllers, you sell a new screen. Oh, man. That's funny. You That's that. what Apple does, right? But, they sell you a new screen every two but, years. But like, yeah, but then they change the freaking ports on it, and all the well, old yeah. stuff you have doesn't work. But it'll yeah. be waterproof. <laughs> but remember, next November, you will get two Xbox versions of the same game, and one is going to look better. Right? I know. Like the Scorpio is... Scorpio, Xbox is going to be more like the PC, where developers will now develop for two different SKUs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you are already getting a little bit of that story with the standard consoles too. Was like yeah. in order to get the best version of Red Dead Redemption, you got to get it for Scorpio, only eight hundred ninety nine ninety five. Yeah, let's see what people announce yeah. at this I have event no, that's, too. Right? Yeah, let's that'll be that'll if, be funny. <laughs> let's see if they bring third parties on stage. Let's see if they show us cool games that are coming out. Oh, and yeah, I, I agree. But it'll be just dance and like. Oh, I hope you know? not. I hope not. If you're yeah. listening, I hope not. Oh man. <laughs> Just, Actually, dance, just dance big in just, Japan? Like, no, right. but it's yeah. not a that's not a big selling point for the machine, right? Like just dance has been on the other consoles mm-hmm. and you you now use an iPhone yeah. as your motion tracker with the other machines. That's not gonna be the big selling point. I feel like Ubisoft has consistently shown that they do something unique for new consoles, right? Yeah. Like we did get Zombie U, love it or hate it. It was a very unique game compared to any other zombie game on the market, right? Like to cycle through these players, like Battlefield 1 does that now, yeah, right? Yeah. Like Ubisoft did that with, with uh, Zombie U. I mean, you look at... Uh, Rayman, for example. I've, I've been harping on PSVR a lot because it's it's the closest we've had to a console launch in mm-hmm. quite a few years, and it just happened. And Ubisoft's there that basically right in the, in the launch window. They're making like four original games for PSVR that don't really work anywhere else they support consoles like and, and mm-hmm. they're actually they'll be ride or die with nintendo until oh, the yeah. wheels fall yeah. off yeah. this thing you just made me realize something though and maybe this is not the best argument to make but i'm going to try um with psvr you're getting your, your virtual reality experience but you're getting what's considered the lowest of the scale right you've got um your vive at the top you got your oculus right after and then you've got psvr hitting yes. the bottom yeah. because of the resolution the yep. spec etc does that impact why you would use it or why you wouldn't want it 
I mean, for me, it was very specifically in the same. The, when you asked me the question of why do you play console games over PC games, it's sure. a sort of ease of use. But it's right? the convenience. Yeah, yeah it's the yeah. convenience. Yeah. I think that's going to be the thing that maybe Switch people will be. Going yeah, for. totally. It's totally about this is convenient for me. I'm going to grab these. But I agree with you. I don't want to see that if it's the third party version or the the version of Call of Duty that's the most inferior. I think that's a problem. And yeah. I think you don't want that reputation. That is not going to help you. Sure, but like, and, and, but we, and we, we talked about this earlier, but the convenience issues of sort of like carrying that pile of peripherals and stuff like that. And I, I, I really think storage is going to be an issue in this thing. SD cards that for 256 gigabyte SD cards go for $299 now. That's as much as we are theorizing this console might cost. Yep. So, I mean, we're also in an era where games are moving away from physical media and more in a digital. I think I own two physical Wii U PS4 games and everything else is digital libraries. I've got this huge garish uh, <laughs> external hard drive hooked up to my Wii U right now, mm, yeah. which we're reading that, that the, the Switch might not support potentially mm. because then what happens? Like you're basically moving one thing to another thing to another thing and moving yeah. it on the road. Yeah. So Just God, don't let me have to screw off a panel to put in an SD card if it takes hey, a SD card. Hey, make uh, it one terabyte. Um, yeah. SD. It's only $899. It's $899. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, sell, sell your car. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there's so many unanswered questions yeah. about this yeah. thing, right? But uh, it was it was still a really interesting reveal to yeah. me, and like it got me excited for a a cool looking device like that. Um, but man, now like we need to see the next trailer, which is and here are the games and what they're going to be like, yeah, because yeah, that will answer a ton of questions. Yeah. I think. No, well, totally. January on top of yeah. everything that they're going to say in January. All right. There was a few other things, but I feel like we've gone on long enough. Uh, Nintendo reported their financials. Apparently the only reason the company was profitable was because of some residual money from Pokemon go, but also selling the Mariners, uh, selling majority stake. Uh, cause the yen, uh, basically uh, strengthened against the dollar and whenever that happens because Nintendo's money two thirds of it comes from overseas they made mm-hmm. quite a bit out of Pokemon Go considering yeah. they did nothing yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're even selling a peripheral that you can't find yeah. uh, and they apologized they did pull out they too. did put out a press release saying they didn't make it yes. so that was a yeah. lot of work <laughs> <laughs> guys all they have to do every year is not make a game and put their name on it mm. and sell a baseball team yeah. and we're gonna be yeah. fine this yeah. will be good to go well, and that's why investors just want them to make mobile games yeah. and that's exactly. been the story on all the financial trade it's like investors want you to go mobile just go mobile forget this and they are going to clean up which got do. announced and their stock price declined it, it dropped like five yeah. percent right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Strange times. Strange, strange, <laughs> strange times, but to me, exciting times. Yeah, yeah I'm always exciting. happy when a machine is different, and like that's why I like PSVR. And honestly, I'm so glad there isn't a Microsoft VR headset. Me too. Like I don't want to get into this, and now you have the you know the Xbox VR. Like no, like I, I I love it when these machines are different, when not all of them have a Kinect or motion controls. Like yeah. when everything becomes the same. My house just fills up with crap that I don't use yeah. a, a year and then later. Yeah, find somewhere to put it afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do, and I do just you need some steering wheels, John. <laughs> I will like. I will just band instruments. <laughs> <laughs> I will always love and appreciate weird Nintendo. Yeah. The fact that they are just like we're going to go diagonal on this one. You you expected us to do just Literally. another box, yeah. yeah, with the crazy controls. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there was uh, in one of the uh, one of the IGN podcast groups. I think it was the podcast Beyond group. Uh, somebody was just like, "I wish they would just make a normal console again." And I was like, "They never have." Yeah. Here's why. <laughs> I was like, "They launched the NES as a toy. They Trojan horsed it with a robot and a light gun and a <laughs> dance pad, uh, so you could race people and shoot clay ducks. Like this was n- they never made a normal thing. Like it's." always been pretty weird even the super nintendo had a mouse pad peripheral like it's they've been making weird stuff forever and i appreciate them for that and i hope that never changes no same yeah 
Well, it feels like we've run out of steam finally, uh, so that's good. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat, and thank you for joining us, no, John Davis. Pleasure. Yeah. So where can folks find you? Give them all the places. Oh, my God. So we'll be launching soon on Glixel.com. That's G-L-I-X-E-L. Uh, what is a Glixel, John? I don't, it, I, it's, 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 it's a, just, it's, it's a, a thing? It's a Glixel. How long, if you don't know. It's a brand that right. was available to trademark. A glamorous so what, uh, How many different names did you go through for so your Glixel? So actually, when I came on board, the name was already, was already decided. Oh, got it. So, okay. yeah. How convenient, John. So I didn't have to sit in those <laughs> endless branding meetings that people have. <laughs> um, so we're Glixel on Twitter and on Instagram. We're Glixel Official on Facebook. And I'm JWH Davison on Twitter. Nice. All right. Uh, if cool. you like listening to Nintendo Voice Chat, make sure you send us feedback. Email us at mvc at ign.com. Or leave us a review on iTunes, which I usually read one, but uh, we went on for long enough, I think. You can find Brian on Twitter at... Agent Bizzle. You can find Per Schneider at... Per IGN. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. More Nintendo Voice Chat. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.